The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California, streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Prescriptions for Healing Conflict. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer. Your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she privately mediates business, employment, divorce, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI. She also trains corporate leaders powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about this show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Samari, so who's your guest today? Well, we have a wonderful guest coming to us from uh, from Lafayette Hill, Pennsylvania. He is known as the No Fear Guy. He's a certified clinical hypnotist, and he's the author of Plymouth his, he's the owner of Plymouth Hyp- Hypnosis, and he is the author of Get Thin, Be Happy, and the audio training called Fearless Speaking. And he is um, a specialist in hypnosis. He's been helping his clients manage the stress of fears that could be paralyzing their lives. And he was trained and certified in hypnosis and hypnotherapy by the National Guild of Hypnotists and the American Board of Hypnotherapists. You can find him at the nofearzone.com. And the no, he's the no fear guy, Brian Toter. So thank you so much, Brian, for joining us. Thanks for having me. This will be a lot of fun. Well, you know, people may say when they're listening in, well, gee, Mari, how does this relate to conflict? Well, if people are in fear and people have these emotions that are blocking them from being who they really want to be, then they're going to end up in conflict with other people because all conflict, as we know, really starts from within ourselves. So let's talk a little bit about fears and, and how we can deal with them. So what is fear? And isn't, isn't some fear really kind of helpful? Well, everybody has fear. Uh, we're all afraid of something. And, and the funny thing is we're born with two fears. We're born with the fear of falling and the fear of loud noises. Mm. So that's why, you know, babies are always, always scared of loud noises. And, and we all have a fear of falling. And... It's just your choice of getting over it. Now, the fear of loud noises, you usually get over that. Of course, if somebody, if some, some big bang happens right behind you, it might startle you, uh, but you won't pass out or anything. But if someone pushes you out of an airplane, even with a parachute, you might scream until you hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> right. And it, so we, we all have fear. But some fear is good and some fear is bad. 
you know, if uh, if there's a fire, you really don't want to run into it. So you, you want to be afraid of it. There's a live tiger in front of you. You really want to be afraid of that. Mm-hmm. But it's the fears that paralyze you, like the fear of public speaking, the, the fear, fear of conflict, of women asking someone out on a date, yeah. uh, the fear of asking your boss for a raise, all those things, you know, flying. If they if they impact your life, then you're in trouble. Even the fear of conflict, you know, Brian, that the fear of yeah. conflict that you can't, you know, if people fear it, then they avoid it or they hide it or they keep it inside to where then they blow up because they can't deal with it anymore. So, you know, having the fear of conflict is, is a challenge because then they're not able to use some some powerful dispute resolution skills to resolve their issues. So Absolutely, yeah, they, they, uh, they just hide from it. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, husband and wife, and the wife doesn't want to confront the husband, or, you know, a boss and an employee. Right. You don't want to confront them. And it, it's funny, because I actually have a rule in life that kind of fixes some of this. Want to hear it? Yes, cool. of course. Um, now, you, have to, you can't take the word exactly as I say it, uh, because I'm going to say it like this. If, if someone's going to be upset, I'd rather it be you. <laughs> Meaning. <laughs> Meaning. Meaning. Uh, I'll give you an example of what happened. I was, I was parked, I parked my car. I just got a brand new car. And I usually park it all the way in the ad so nobody dings it. But I remember I was running into a store and I thought I had to get something copied and it was just going to take two or three minutes. And I come out and I get into my car, just about to start it to back it up. And this girl parks her car next to mine and she opens up her door and she makes a face. I didn't hear anything, but I thought, oh, Uh-oh. I hope she didn't ding my car. Oh, no. Now, who's upset right now? I'm upset. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, I could go outside and see if that happened, but she might yell. And I, I just wasn't in a re- really resourceful state at the point, at that point. Hmm. And she drove away, and I walked outside, and yeah, there's a ding. Hmm. Had I gone out? And said, oh, I just wanted to see, oh, yeah, you dinged my car. Who's upset now? She's upset. Right, right. I'm happy. So it really fixes a lot of dilemmas. So if, if someone could uh, give you another short example. I, I was at the grocery store, and they, they were going to, it was a, like a prepackaged meal, and she, she took the lid, and she dropped the lid on the ground, on the floor. And she picked it up and was going to put it, on the th- I said, wait a minute, what are you doing? <laughs> now, who's upset? I'm upset right now. So she says, well, it, it went face up. I said, I don't care if it went sideways. <laughs> I, said, I, new, I want a new, and I'm not yelling or anything. Yeah. No, I'm trying to make a joke out of it, but I said, I really want a new lid. Yes. It's going to cost them three quarters of a cent. She puts the lid on. Well, now I'm happy, and she's upset. Not that she's really upset, but <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying with that? Yeah. So... It's an interesting rule of life that I figured out that it, it, it just fixes a lot of dilemma, especially in conflict, because that's how a conflict will start. And a lot of people are afraid to even approach that because they're thinking, oh, what if, I'm afraid of what they're going to think about me. Right. 
I think fear is really the root of a lot of conflict. And, um, you know, not the legitimate fear like you're talking about, that, you know, your fear because there's a fire in your house or there's a fear mm-hmm. that there's, you know, a dog about to bite your child. Those are legitimate right. fears that we, uh, you know, we need to have fear because it'll it'll get us motivated to do something, you know, run out of the house or grab right. our baby or whatever it is. But I love that acronym for fear. It's F-E-A-R, false expectation appearing real. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I, and it's funny because I, I hear that in all different ways. I remember Zig Ziglar once said that. But, you know, I don't know if that's true. Well, I think it is for for when I, for the kinds of things that I deal with in mediation. When people say, "Well, I know that she's not going to fulfill that bargain," you know, or "I know mm-hmm. he's never going to sign this agreement," well, that you know, that's an expectation. You don't know that that's true. No, you don't right. really know that that's true. So you're thinking ahead and putting a negative, you know, uh, expectation on it that you don't really know. You know, you have to check out your assumptions. Well, how do I know that you're going to, to do this? Well, I'll give you collateral. You know what I mean? So you right. check out those fears with without making an assumption. You check it out. So if that's what I have to deal with all the time. People are, when they're in conflict, they don't trust the other person they're fearful of anything that could happen and that that really impedes the ability to resolve the issues but so so also you know fear is is inhibiting isn't it inhibiting like like if i were afraid to get up and speak i mean i'm even though i've done a ton of speaking and i know you have too there's still those times that you want to you, you know you might get that butterfly yes you feel the fear and you do it anyway right. <laughs> but um but there are fears that if you are afraid to do something that you really want to do, then you're really inhibiting your life, aren't you? Yeah, and and here's the interesting thing. A lot of the fears that people have really aren't the fears that people have. <laughs> Should I say that again? Yeah. It's a little confusing. Um, a lot of people, a lot of fears that people have really aren't those fears. I'll give you an example, uh, like the fear of public speaking, like you, you, you just said. The fear of public speaking is not the fear of public speaking. Right. The fear of public speaking has nothing to do with it. Here's what it is. It's the fear of being scrutinized. Right. And I prove it to my clients because I'll, I'll even, you know, ask you and your audience. If you're, if you're in front of your peers, colleagues, friends, relatives, and you're on stage and you need to do something, you're afraid of what they're thinking about you. Right. Is he good? Is he on? Is he singing right? Is his fly up? <laughs> All these things right, right. are going through your head. But what if it's an audience of Cub Scouts? You don't care what they think, right? right? <laughs> right. You don't care. So you get up there, and even if you flub a line, and it doesn't matter because you don't care what they think. It's the fear of being scrutinized. Now, right. the exception is if, if you're, like, in a speech competition or you're on American Idol or something like that. But, you, yeah, right. you are being scrutinized at that point. But most of the time, nobody is doing that. In fact, think of the last time you were watching maybe a Broadway play. You're watching the play. You're not thinking, oh, I don't know, her hair's sticking up over there. I have to look so funny. And <laughs> do you say that word right? Nobody does that. Right, <laughs> right, right. And so they're not going to do that to you. And I find that most fears just really aren't what you think they are. A lot of it is the fear of losing control of the situation. 
So you look at conflict. Right. What are they afraid of? They're afraid of loss. Mm-hmm. They're afraid of you know, all these things. And I think that's really it. It's really the afraid of loss with conflict. It's like, what am I going to lose out of this? What, is, what if they get something I don't get? Right. Whether, right. It, whether it's money or, or they're saving face. Or, or, or just like that it'll get out of... look better than I do. Right. Or, the, or something will go out of, out of control. You know, mm-hmm. that, that it'll escalate to the point where they won't know what to deal with it. You know, they're afraid of losing their own control or the other person losing control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why it's good when they're in mediation because they've got somebody there to keep everything <laughs> at an even keel, you know. So, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, it is, you know, a lot of people really fear or they're just, they're, yeah, they're, they're. I see a lot of people really afraid of conflict, of dealing with it, and not recognizing that it's really an opportunity for growth and change and all those good things. But um, it, the conflict itself is is pretty neutral, just like public, you know, professional speaking or public speaking is pretty neutral. It's <laughs> it's just your own emotions that that get in the way, right? Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Now, when you say when you talk about conflict, you're not talking about um you know, someone putting a gun to your head or anything. No, no, like no. That. I'm talking, talking about, about yeah. I'm talking about d- disagreements, disputes. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I now, mean, if somebody puts is, a gun to your head, yeah, you, uh, you're gonna. But of course, you may have to really negotiate there too. You have to stay calm. <laughs> well, yeah, you, you do. Now, yeah. the, thing, the thing about fear in a conflict is is the perception, uh, and perception is reality. You know, if if you are really perceiving something. To be real, yes. That's that's your reality, and right? That's, that's why you can have an agreement with somebody, and you think it's one thing, and they think it's another, right? Even if it's written down, right, right. You know, if it's not spelled out, you know, really dumbed down to the exact thing that you have to. Yeah, perception changes. You think it means this. You think it meant green, and they thought it meant yellow. Right, right, right. <laughs> And then you, there's lawsuits and fist fights, and maybe you do have a gun there. Yeah, even if I you're going to meet somebody, you know, I mean, there's there's so many just different uh, perceptions. If I say, you know, I'll meet you at the corner, well, what corner is that? You know, what I mean? right. <laughs> so it it all comes down to being really specific. So sure. you know, how will you know, how do we do this? So how do we, I mean, this is what everybody's probably thinking, you know, so if, if I do have a fear of public speaking, or if I do have a fear of conflict, um, what can I do to deal with that? It's me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, (laughs) Find, find, find the real reason why you need to do this. Right. You know, if, if you have a fear of public speaking and you're never really going to speak, What's the point? It's funny, because I, I actually get people come here and say, I have a fear of snakes. Well, okay. Are you a snake charmer? Do you belong to one of those churches that, that you know, you take rattlesnakes? And are you, 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 are you in a business of taking venom from a rattlesnake? Why do you need to do this? Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm just afraid of snakes. I don't think I'm going to help you. And the same thing with public speaking. I do get people like that. They say, well... I'm supposed to talk at my daughter's wedding. Mm. I need to give a toast. And you really need to fix it. Like, like if, if you don't know your daughter by now, <laughs> just talk. And, and I'll even give a free advice, you know, because I, I, I actually screen my clients. I don't think everyone who shows up. So I'll just say, look, 
you know how to talk about your daughter for like four or five minutes? Have you have you have you met your son future son in law? Do you know is he a good guy? Can you talk about him? Yeah. Yeah. Pretend that you're talking on the phone. Can you talk like that? Yeah, I could do that. Okay, go. Yeah. <laughs> you charge. You so know. You, you, it yeah, I think that you it's, don't even have to worry about. Yeah, you have to think about. I mean, I think that's what's so wonderful. What you can tell people is that. Hey, you know, show them another way to look at it. I uh, I do this thing for the Orange County Sheriff's Department here. I'm, I'm a sheriff reserve, and so I do these Orange County Sheriff news and safety tips. And so I invite captains and sergeants to tell about certain things that are going on um, in the department. And sometimes I'll get these sheriffs, and they are, oh, well, I've never done radio. I'm really scared. You know, and I'm going, right. it's only four minutes, you know, or it's only two minutes, <laughs> whatever it is. Just like we're talking right now, just forget about the radio. It's, it's just like you telling me this stuff that you've just been telling yeah. me. And I think they have to just kind of get out of what their head and get into what they already know or in their heart, like you were talking about the woman who had to do a toast for her daughter. If she just gets into her heart and speaks from her heart, then she isn't thinking about what is everybody going to think about me. Right, and and the funny thing is, uh, you take somebody like a wedding, no one's sitting there critiquing you while you're giving a toast for your daughter. It, it just doesn't happen. I, you know, do you do it? No. Do they do it? No. Nobody does it. So it's 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 a false belief. It is a it's it's a perception that you might have, but it, it it's a reality. And the thing about fear is, it is real. Mm-hmm. I, I had a client here who was afraid of. Dogs. Mm. dogs. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about pit bulls and gigantic right. Dobermans or anything. Right. It could be a little baby puppy, nothing right. type of dog, little fluffy thing with big eyes. <laughs> and to her, it's a tarantula. Yeah. But to her, like, people would laugh at that. What are you, crazy? But to her, it's real. Just like to you, jumping out of an airplane with a parachute would be terrifying, but to the guy next to you, he does it for a living. Right, right. Soul perception. I have to tell you, it's so funny, when you brought up about a dog, my uh, my mother-in-law, many, many, many years ago, I loved dogs, and she had a terrible fear of dogs, because when she was a little girl, her father got bit, so the whole family was scared, you know? Mm-hmm. And so right. I wanted, we wanted a dog, my, my ex-spouse and I wanted a dog, and we get this little tiny dog that weighed like at that time, he, he, you know, she only weighed about four pounds, and my mother-in-law was terrified. So what we did was, you know, like feel the fear and do it anyway. We said, look, you know, if, if you want to see us and come to our house, you're going to have to get used to it. So we just literally took her hand, let her pet, and by the end of the time when the dog got older, she loved that dog, and that dog loved her. So it's just mm-hmm. like, you know, desensitizing. <laughs> when you were talking about the snake, I have to laugh, too, because... I went to teach, and um, this was many years ago before I became a lawyer, and I went to teach in Charlottesville, Virginia, and I taught in this beautiful area in 22 acres, all these high school kids that were children of the University of California professors. And so I held class outside, and um, one of the kids comes over to me with this huge snake, and I was terrified of snakes. And the snake is like sticking his tongue out, and it wasn't a poisonous snake, it was a black snake. But um, mm-hmm. he, I could tell it wasn't poisonous because they had a round head. And um, he, I said, oh, that's very nice. Now put it back, you know, put it back and let's have class. Well, touch it. 
you know, it's like, oh my God, here I am, a new teacher. I'm like 23 years old and I'm, oh my God. So I, I just forced myself to touch it and I said, oh, it feels like a leather purse. So please put it back. And after that, I was all totally desensitized. I was fine. I was fine. Yeah, that doesn't work for a lot of people. Um, oh. <laughs> it just, it, it's kind of hard to push someone out of an airplane. So, well, yeah, but, it, you know, that's true. Yeah, but, so one of the things you need to do is, this is why I'm a hypnotist, uh, you go to somebody who can help you. Right. Hypnosis is perfect for that because you can help someone change their belief system. Now, it'll only work if they really want to do it. You can't make someone do anything in hypnosis against their will. So there, there are all different kinds of techniques you can use, whether it's neurolinguistic programming or straight hypnosis or conversational hypnosis. There's... There's some amazing techniques that will work within minutes. And let's talk about that, because I, I bet my, my audience is really interested in that. So okay. tell, them, tell them really what hypnosis is and what it isn't. Well, it's not the Svengali image that you've seen on TV and the movies. You're always aware of what's happening around you at all times. We've all been hypnotized. Actually, we're all hypnotized many times during the day. Like if you if you're driving your car and you miss your exit, or you get somewhere, you get home, and you're in your driveway, and you think, "How did I get here? I'm in the car. Here I am already." Right. That's called highway hypnosis. You know, you ever you ever get lost? You're, you're driving somewhere, and, and you think you're on one road, you're on another. That's highway hypnosis. Right. Or we've all had the experience where you're reading a book, and you read a couple, like five or six pages, and you have no idea what you just read because you're daydreaming. That's a reading trance. Anytime. You daydreaming. You daydream mm-hmm. uh, when, like, you're you're staring at a spot on the wall and you're just daydreaming. Mm-hmm. That's a deep hypnotic trance, especially when you start hallucinating. You know, you're 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 imagining that that time when you were in Fiji and there was that girl, and and, and then you can actually hear the waves. You can actually right. Imagine you're, there. you're there, <laughs> and then the phone rings and it snaps you out of it. Right. That's a deep hypnotic trance. That's hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, the funny thing is the hypnotist isn't really hypnotizing you. The hypnotist is telling you how to hypnotize yourself. You're actually hypnotizing yourself. Right. Deep breath in. So it's 100% safe. Uh, and unlike you see on TV and the movies, you can't make someone do anything against their will while under hypnosis. If you could, I would be the richest bank robber in the world. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'd have girlfriends all over the place. It just doesn't work that way. Right, right. That would be really cool. So um, it, it's it's not like you like you see it is. It's a hundred percent safe. Um, nothing could ever happen, and like you can always open up your eyes and just walk out. Right. And so at that point, they always ask, "What about those guys in Vegas?" And they make these people do these crazy things on stage. And that actually happens. I, uh, I that's why I used to do that. That's how I started. And mm. the thing is, it's it's a show. People buy tickets. They pay seventy five dollars and get into a show. And they raise their hand. They volunteer, and they want to do it. Yeah, right. So right. it's a show. So they want to do it. They are actually are hypnotized. And yes, they are jumping around like idiots on stage. But if the hypnotist suggested anything that they didn't want to do, I'll give you an example. My very first show. I suggested uh, that everybody on stage had bet every dime that they owed on one horse. And if the horse comes in, uh, they'll win millions of dollars. If, 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 they, um, if they lose, they'll be broke, penniless forever. 
And, of course, they all lose. It's very funny, and they're crying. It's very, very funny. Well, this one woman wasn't doing anything. And after the show, I asked her, I said, what happened? She says, oh, I don't, I don't gamble. <laughs> so she didn't care. Yet, through the whole show, she was doing all these crazy things, except for that one thing. Right. So you won't do anything against your moral or ethical beliefs. Right. Right. There you go. Little... So, so who, who, is there anyone who can't be hypnotized? Yeah, a guy named Stanley in uh, Cincinnati. <laughs> Other than that, um, there's, there's only two people who can't. Somebody who's drunk or high on drugs at the time mm. can't be hypnotized. Somebody whose IQ is under 70 and children under 6. Those two types, because they can't sit still, they can't pay attention long enough to, to be hypnotized. They're looking around. They're just fidgety. Mm-hmm. The, the fourth type of person is somebody who just wants to be defiant. That's why I have a screening in my office. Once in a while, I get somebody in my office, and they're they're just trying to show me who's the smartest person in the room. Right. I don't know why. Right, right. But um, they, they just, they're not compliant. They, they're asking too many questions, and I just say, all right, we're done. So because they won't, be, they won't be able to be hypnotized. And you'll see that, like, on a stage show in Vegas where there's always a couple people, you know, they're bringing up their drinks and going to the stage, and they're, they're elbowing the person next to them, you know, watch this, I'm going to get that hypnotist. And the hypnotist always knows who, who, the, guy, who the guy is, and they always put them back in the audience. Right. So someone like that, if you really don't want to be hypnotized, it's not going to work. Right, right. Uh, hypnotism, is it's almost like a meditation, too, isn't it? I mean, you, it's like self-hypnosis when you... I mean, that's... When yeah, I meditate, I'm, I'm putting myself way. in a trance like that. Right. It starts out the same way. Meditation and hypnosis start out the same way, but meditation really doesn't have, like, a goal. Right, um, right. You're just floating around. Um well, the goal hypnosis. is to just float. <laughs> yeah. But hypnosis, quit smoking, reduce stress, lose yeah. weight, read faster, you know, stuff like right. that. I remember so when I... And when I was pregnant uh, with my with my daughter, I was so sick, and um, and so I went to a, a hypnotherapist and um, to to try and not throw up all the time. <laughs> so yeah. I'd be there and I'd do really well, and then I'd walk out and I'd throw up. You know, I mean, it was it was you know hydrochloric yep. acid in my in my system that that caused it, but um, but it and felt good I while I was I there. I never get pregnant for that reason. I <laughs> throwing up. <laughs> Oh, this whole thing just sickens me. <laughs> no, but I, I enjoyed it. You know, I, I my first husband was a psychiatrist, so he sent me to one of his friends who did hypnotherapy, and I enjoyed uh-huh. it while I was there, and I thought it was great, and I really was open to it because I was desperate, but um, but it just, you know, there's it, it's only so much that it could do, right? If, if, if I guess. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to cure cancer with it. You know, you're going to break it. You're not going to cure right. a broken arm or something. But, right. Um, it's great for, um, like, fears and phobias. It's great for weight loss and smoking. Behavior change. If you want to change, right. help, help change your behavior. You know, I have a number of people coming in for PTSD and anger issues and, you know, claustrophobia, things like that. Right. Things uh, that, that, that we can be. Hypnotist. Yeah, it's things that we can be in control of if we have the the will, I guess, and the help. Yeah, yeah. And you're out in California. There's a bazillion hypnotists out there. I mean, oh, hell. yeah. You guys are lousy with them. They're they're all over the place. <laughs> yeah, find a good one. Find someone with um, 
with a lot of testimonials. Like on, on my desk, I have a book with over 800 testimonials. You know, well, I don't want to get pregnant again. Yeah, I don't want to get pregnant again, so I don't have to worry about it. But I did enjoy uh, reading your book, Get Thin and Be Happy, and, and right. some of the things to do that, because I... I thought that was interesting when you were talking about NLP and when you talked about Tony Robbins because I did one of those 10-day um, oh. walk on the fire across 40 feet of hot coals and jump from your... Uh, yeah, I, I spent 10 days with him in Hawaii and did some of that stuff. So why don't you tell about that NLP and and how, how effective that is? Well, NLP is a way to get change in people within minutes. We're Therapy could take years, I and mean, therapists are great, but you could go to a therapist, and you were married to one. Mm-hmm. You go to a therapist for years, and nothing might happen. Yet, yeah. NLP, you can usually get changed within minutes, which is really exciting. Like, yeah. I can get rid of a phobia in one session. Yeah. And so we're, we're just about out of time. I just looked at the oh, clock, wow. so we didn't get to talk too much more about neuro-linguistic programming. But people can go to your website, and I just want to mention your book again. So one of the books that he's got here is uh, Get Thin and Be Happy, and then his audio uh, tapes are uh, Fearless Speaking. So why don't you give your website, and it's time for us to go. Well, you can go to getthinbehappy.com or thenofearzone.com. Great. And all kinds of free stuff on there. Didn't I tell you it would go quickly? (laughs) (laughs) It went fast. I know. So we'll have you back again. Yeah, I know. Keep in touch. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, Brian. Okay. Thanks for having me. Bye bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM and Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8 30 a.m. right here on KUCI and visit our website at conflicthealing.com. Thanks. It's about trust in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.